We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we know that the franchise tag uh, for Draymond Jones' position in particular is somewhere in between, it's like $19.7 million or something like that. Albert Breer reported today on the MMQB that from what he's hearing, Scott's going to love that, that that's probably not too far off from what his actual market value is going to be when the free agent market uh, opens here in uh, you know just less than two weeks' time. Is Draymond Jones going to command that kind of money a guy who i'll just remind everybody real quick zach has averaged five and a half sacks per season since entering the league and and one little caveat in that is he didn't really become a full-time starter till 2021 so a lot of that production has been the last two years for what it's worth so it's trending in the right direction but what say you I mean, you boil it down to two years. He has 11 sacks in two years. Is 11 sacks worth $20 million annually? I don't think so. And I'm a Draymond Jones fan. I am. I think he. I was lauding him up as the miniature version of Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald is in that tier one, the real Aaron Donald. Jeffrey Simmons, who's also negotiating a new contract, he's in that tier. I think Draymond is one tier below that in the $15, $16 million a year range, which is still a lot of money. But going to 20, I don't think I would do if I'm George Payton. I just don't. If he was a more balanced player in terms of what he brought value-wise to the defense, and who knows, maybe that is something that can continue to uh, develop as he gains more and more experience. But, I mean, Aaron Donald's a monster. His calling card, obviously, is as a pass rusher inside, but he's just as apt to make a great play against the run, Zach, as he is against the pass. And, that's what makes him so valuable. J.J. Watt, too, back when he was, um, you know, King Kong when it came to interior defenders. I just don't see that for Draymond Jones. I like Draymond Jones. I like the attitude he brings to the defense. It's kind of similar to the to the Derek Wolf. don't ever you know what with us. It's very similar to that. Maybe not quite as, uh, you know, uh, on his sleeve as, as Derek Wolf, but I just – I don't think the value's right. I would let him. I would let him go for if that's really what it's going to cost to hold on to Draymond Jones on an APY basis. I'm saying, thanks for your four years, big dog. Best of luck to you. See, he's like Derek Wolf, and he isn't because how many times has Draymond showed frustration with being a part of the Broncos or being in Denver to the point where he had to go on social media recently and say, "Listen, Broncos country, I want to be here for as long as I can." And that didn't exactly send the right message. It says to me that if you pay me, I will be here and I will not make up any more qualms about it. But $20 million a year player is a great player. I think Draymond's a good to very good player. It's a, it's an overreach for someone like that. It's a luxury because the Broncos are not a Draymond Jones away. Know what the Broncos are about three offensive linemen and then some away. I'd rather put that 20 million toward the front five and protect Russell Wilson. That is, 
as long as I can comment, it's kind of like the equivalent of your boyfriend or girlfriend saying, I love you. And you're like, thank you. It's kind of like that, you know, uh, it doesn't really say all that much or it doesn't say what you think it's it's really uh, trying to communicate. But uh, some hellos here in the in the chat real quick before we jump in. We got Ed Keating jumping in. Yo, it's great to see you, Ed. Hope you've been well, big dog. Thank you for the super chat. He says, what's up, everyone? I got to meet a childhood hero of mine today, Steve Atwater. I got to talk to him for 10 minutes today and got to pick with him. He's a really nice guy. Yes, he is. He's, uh, you know, you, when, if, you'd be surprised maybe based on what your perception of Steve Atwater is, the player, right? This ferocious, big-hitting, physical, just like animal on the grass, right? But in person, he's one of the kindest, sweetest human beings that you'll ever meet. So that's really cool for you, Ed. Dope. I mean, we met him at the Combine. We talked to him for a few minutes about the Broncos, and he could literally not stop talking. It was so natural, and he was so nice and gracious about his time. He is, to this day, one of the nicest people I have ever come across. So I'm glad you got that experience with him. He's a really, really good individual. For half of a you know beat, we had him believing that that night I was going to sacrifice a goat That's to the football right. gods so that he could get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> He's one of those guys that like believes the first thing, and then you're like, no, it's a joke. He's like, ah ha ha ha. It worked though. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it did work. I did it. Uh, you know, it was metaphorical sacrifice of a goat to get him in. Uh, but yes, it happened. Sam Bam, bro, great to see you. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Appreciate you, big dog. He says, evening, Chad and Zach. I heard the Broncos are quietly shopping Cortland Sutton. Hope they keep him, though. His talent hasn't been on full display due to bad coaching and quarterback play, I feel. Go Broncos. Yeah, there's been little rumors and buzz, and I think, Zach, the main reason for it is that it kind of makes sense. The Broncos are lacking uh, premium draft capital this year. And one of the positions that they, you could argue anyway, that they have a little bit of a surplus is that wide receiver, especially with Tim Patrick coming back and being expected to be at 100% good to go uh, by the time the regular season rolls around because he did tear his ACL August 2nd last year. So he'll be good to go uh, by the time you get to the regular season. So, And they play such a similar position too. I mean, or I should say they're similar type wide receivers. Br trusty reliable i guess tim patrick zach even though he's a possession style receiver like sutton he's much more reliable in terms of his hands doesn't drop the ball but what you gain uh in that department with tim patrick you kind of lose out on in sutton's ability to go up and get the ball we used to joke about his 60 40 his 70 30 ball and 80 20 ball that's kind of fizzled since his his knee injury but still uh tim patrick i guess he's no slouch in that department but what say you as far as the uh, Sutton rumors, and is that a, a transaction that you would countenance? Well, these are things that you hear this time of year. That's why Scott and I and you were joking about it before the show. It's sources and speculation season, so you're going to hear these rumors pop up. It's good for business, but I don't think it um, holds all that water in reality because why does it have to be one or the other? Why does it have to be either Tim's – Patrick or Cortland Sutton. Why can't they retain both and KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy and, you know, put as many weapons in front of Russell Wilson as possible. I would not look to trade Cortland. I would hope that he's fully healed from the ACL now and he's going to benefit from better coaching and better quarterback play. Yeah. If you were, I don't know if you had, I guess there's an, a counter argument to what I'm about to assert here, but if you hadn't gone out and hired one of the, you know, best offensive minds of the last 25 years and Sean Payton, you know, I would maybe be a little more inclined to the idea of dangling Cortland Sutton, but now I'm just really dying to see what he can do in a Sean Payton scheme quarterbacked by Russell Wilson being coached by Sean Payton. I want to see what that might look like. Cortland Sutton on one side, you know, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, all three on the field along with Greg Dulcich and, you know, we'll see how the running back stable shapes up, but that could be really good if Sean Payton manages to get Russ uh, back to where he belongs. Justin Larch jumping in. Thank you, brother, for that super chat. Very kind of you, big dog. He's hearing rumors too, Zach, saying, I heard Frank Clark is available. Zach, what have you heard on this front? I think he is going to be released, so he'll be a free agent, obviously. 
I just feel he'll be too expensive for what the Broncos want to do. They want to plug holes at defensive end or outside linebacker. They can either go through the draft with their later round picks, uh, preferably, or they can go for a lower tier free agent. Clark is going to cost too much money, and I feel like he is past his prime at this point of his career. Howie throwing down some big boy stars. Howie freaking day throwing down some freaking stars on Facebook. Huge, huge. Thank you, Howie. It's great to see you, big dog. Long time MHH, a member of our community, and uh, we miss you when you're not with us, brother. Thank you for the support, though. Goes a long way. You know that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, Marcus Lewis Hanna from across the pond checking in. Great to see you as well. Two nights in a row. Awesome. Says, hey guys, love and respect from the UK to MHH and Broncos fans, Broncos for life. Yeah, it's getting late for you. It's the wee hours of the morning for you. What are you doing up so late? Oh, Mile High Huddle Podcast. You're Prince Marcus. Thanks, bro. John, a.k.a. Degeneration X, jumping in as well. Thank you, bud. Zach, he wants to know, should the Broncos go after Derek Henry since he's on the trade market? You know what De Derrick Henry re requires to be Derrick Henry? That's an offensive line to run behind. I mean, we can keep debating which player should go to the Broncos or who they should go after, but until they fix the O-line, it simply will not matter what they do in the running game or the passing game. He has a lot of not, – not a lot of tread. He has not a lot of tread left, I feel like, on his tires. He's a 29-year-old running back, and as Dylan said in the comments – trading significant assets. By the way, what are you trading for to acquire Derrick Henry? You don't have a first or second round pick, but trading assets for a devalued position, a 29-year-old running back. When you have problems along the O-line, three new starters preferably, uh, that's a hill I would not want to climb. Um, you know, it's weird because, again, the perception, this was something we talked a little bit about last night uh, from the Chris Sims interview over the weekend of the Combine. The perception of the Sean Payton offense is uh, that it's, you know, high-flying aerial attack. Uh, mostly, you know, when you think of a Sean Payton offense, you think of Drew Brees, you think of Marcus Colston catching all those passes and touchdowns for years and years, and then later guys like Michael Thomas. But they were also very physical, you know, cut from the, from the Bill Parcells cloth, physical football team up front. More often than not, that started with the offensive line, which the Broncos do not have right now. Zach, and usually one of those backs in the stable for Peyton in New Orleans was a physical, 
bruising type guy, whether you go way back to like, you know, Chris Ivory back in the day. Uh, Mark Ingram is more of that kind of style. He's a little bit smaller, obviously, uh, than, than Derrick Henry, but still more of a bruiser, more of a physical type running back. So I could actually see it in some alternate universe. Right now, though, I think the Broncos have other bigger fish to fry than going out and trying to figure out how to get Derrick Henry here, especially, as Zach said, without that linchpin component here. You need the offensive line setting that tone and open up holes because he's a one-cut, straight-ahead guy. And if you're not giving him those lanes, he's pretty he's pretty easy. He's easier than you might think for defenses to handle if you're not giving him those lanes. I mean, if you think back to Zach, one last thing, and I'm serving it back, to that shutout victory. Remember when Vic Fangio's Broncos shut out the Titans, which was the beginning of the Ryan Tannehill era. It was when they pulled Marcus Mario. I mean, they contained, they contained Henry and that's how you did it is you just handle those, that offensive line, don't give him the holes. And then look, he doesn't have the speed. So you can, if you're holding them up right at the line of scrimmage, basically at the point of attack, guys can swarm and bring him down. I mean, if the Broncos were a Derrick Henry away from competing for a title, I'd say go for it. But even then, with what assets? A player-for-player player trade, then you're taking away from one strength to add to another. I would say root for Javante to come back to full strength, bring back Latavius Murray, who can be that you know, hold-the-fort bruiser type until then, maybe draft a running back or two, and then save the money that you would spend on Derrick Henry's contract and put it toward O-lineman. That is the number one, number two, and number three priority this offseason. Mike Ronquillo jumping in. Love you, big dog. He says the Kansas City Chiefs will not franchise tag offensive tackle Orlando Brown. And he wants to know what our thoughts are, are on that. So, Zach, as an option uh, for the Broncos, and indeed, it doesn't seem to make much sense for the Chiefs to actually franchise tag him. Um, so if he does end up hitting the market, is that a guy you'd like to see? Do you think he's a guy that could kind of fit the Sean Payton mold? What I like about Orlando Brown is he can play right or left tackle. He's also a really good pass protector. He leaves a little bit to be leaves a little to be desired um, in the running blocking department. But great player, linchpin player. The thing is, though, I read that Jawan Taylor from Jacksonville, who's a much lesser talent, you know, tier two talent, he can get 17 or 18 on this tackle market. That would mean Orlando Brown could get upwards of 20 million a year. I think that would be a little too rich for the Broncos' blood because, again, they need multiple spots to be filled on the O line. So I would love Orlando Brown, but I would not cry if they settled for a Kayla McGarry, Mike McGlinchey, or Jawan Taylor. Um, Sorry, my browser is being slow. There I go again, trying to pull up other things that I can scratch and sniff. So, um, Phil, jumping in. Appreciate you, brother. The winner of the Facebook jersey giveaway, reigning winner, he got his uh, order in. We know what it is. It's uh, on the way. So, Phil, you got to send us that selfie, bro, when you get your jersey, and then you can spill the beans. Maybe you already have in the chat. I don't know, but spill the beans to everybody on what jersey you selected, but – He's saying, good evening, Priest and Deacon Scott. What do you think about Isaac Shoemaker uh, in the draft? Go Broncos. Uh, MHH for life about the Isaac Shoemaker draft. I, you're talking about the higher, right? Of course. Uh, Zach, your thoughts on this? Yes. Okay. I'm like, wait, are there? Uh, Zach, I mean, we're getting into the very like tail end of the, the hires here for the Broncos coaching staff under Sean Payton. I know you maybe had something cooking on this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the story's up if you guys want to read it at mileheddle.com. Uh, the Broncos hired a defensively, defensive quality control coach by the name of Isaac Shoemaker. And that's an interesting spelling of that surname, Chad. I haven't seen it spelled that way before. But this is a very young coach still, you know, crafting his uh, his career. He spent the last couple years with the Chargers in a similar QC role. Before that, he was at Alabama um, in some sort of analyst role where he graduated from, he worked under Nick Saban. So again, like Chad said, tail end of the coaching staff, this is a guy who's going to help with tape breakdown, cutups, defensive formations. He's basically a coaching intern under VJ for 2023. And for a guy like him still trying to make his way in the league, trying to kind of catch on and build his own resume, man, he's got to be pinching himself that he gets to come work and be that kind of gopher guy for Sean Payton, because this is where, uh coaching stars can be born the lady d yo jumping in with a top rope 
super chat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you so much. She, she says, uh, Chad, evening, Chad and Zach. I agree 100% with Zach. The O-line must be fixed. Can't stay on. I'll catch you later. Oh, no. Sorry to hear her. She says her husband's brother passed away. Dang it. So sorry to hear that, Deanna. Prayers up. Let us know if there's anything we can do. Um, if and when you hear our response to that, thank you for the super chat. So kind of you to do in such a uh, terrible moment for your family. So very difficult. Let us know what we can do if there's anything to help you out, though. All right. Uh, but for now, as you probably know, prayers up, support from us, support from the community. So much love to you, Lady D. Yeah, thank you, Deanna, and my condolences to you, your husband, your family. Um, whatever we can do to help you guys get through this, we will. But thank you again, as always. It is very good to see you, though. It sucks it's under such bad circumstances. Um, Sue Gibson. Yes, everyone, see? The prayers, the thoughts, the support, it's there. So positive energy heading your direction for you and your family and, and your husband, of course. Uh, but Lady D, love you. Um, Justin Larch. Number two tonight. Yo, thanks, big dog. Very kind of you. Connect with us on social media. It's another place uh, we can keep the conversation going, whether it's uh, Twitter. Uh, make sure you're subbed on YouTube. Make sure you're following on Facebook. We can keep the conversation going there. Um, Zach, there's also, you know, it's kind of fun because yesterday we were complaining, no news, not very many rumors going on, right, that we even out of the combine, it's kind of like, one of the most dead combines relative to the Broncos. And you were saying even for the entire NFL in recent memory, but today there's been as, as uh, the media gets back to work, so to speak in aggregation land, there has been a few little nuggets, rumors, Hey, the Broncos should do this. One of the things ESPN put out was and Nick Kendall just published an article tonight on this subject with threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They were uh, urging the Broncos to make a bold move. And that move would be to trade for Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver. You know, you need speed. K.J. Hamler obviously brings that speed when he's on the field. You can't really count on him being on the field. So would you want to see the Broncos orchestrate a trade? I got to remind ESPN, though, with what? what? Are you trading? With what are you trading for, for Brandon Cooks? But your thoughts. I didn't see the article. I don't know what um, ESPN posited the Broncos trade with. It was a, a conditional pick or a future pick, but why give up your already depleted assets to fill a position of strength? You're already good there. It's like adding Derrick Henry. Why do you need him when you can go a little bit cheaper and put that money toward where it counts? I am perfectly fine hoping KJ Hamler can stay healthy and finally be the deep threat the Broncos thought they were getting as a second-round pick. I'd be perfectly fine with maybe Montreal Washington developing into a deep threat or Jalen Virgil, two guys who showed serious deep chops as rookies. I'd rather lean on them uh, as compliments to your big three and Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick than trade for an aging Brandon Cooks who has been on so many different teams in different seasons for a reason. If he was that good, he would stick around beyond one year. It, it would be an unwise bad business type move by George Payton. If you didn't know any better, you'd maybe think that this dude plays in the NBA because sometimes like in the NBA players, they get that uh, trade bug and it's nothing of their own doing. It's just, they kind of become known and get the reputation for being traded and dealt and used as uh, maneuvering pieces left and right. Now we're not talking about the NBA tonight, but that's kind of like Brandon cooks. He has been traded so many times this would be a much more compelling subject, though, that we could actually 
roll up our sleeves and get into if the Broncos had type of capital that it would take. But then again, this is not Zach the Brandon Cooks of yesteryear. This is a guy that's getting increasingly long in the tooth. So might be you might be able, if you're the Broncos, to pry him off Houston's hands for uh, less than you might think. Well, let me tell you while you were saying that what I was thinking when it comes to the passing game, you know, what would help more than Brandon Cooks, a hypothetical deep threat for Russell Wilson, a running game for Russell Wilson. If they can get whether it's Javante or Latavius, whoever is going to be RB1, RB2, if they get that running game going, that's where Russell Wilson thrives off play action in a complimentary role. That would be the biggest boon to the offense, Sean Payton, Russ, everyone, if they can get the ground game going. And again, that starts up front. So give me less Brandon Cooks and more Orlando Browns. Marcus jumping in again to say, I feel that Greg Dulcich showed out better than Cortland Sutton last season. Your thoughts, please. You know, Sutton's season, th these are two different topics here, Dulcich as a rookie and Sutton. It was kind of weird because if you think about Cortland Sutton's 2022 campaign, you might be surprised to learn that he actually wasn't all that far off from a 1,000-yard season. He finished in the 800s. Um, but did it really feel like he was that involved in things? I mean, the Broncos' offense was obviously quite pedantic and impotent and nothing to write home about. And so that trickles down to everybody in terms of the production in the box score. But Cortland Sutton, Zach, scored twice last year. And even though you had Russell Wilson for large swaths of the season trying to force feed him the ball, they just could not get on the same page. You didn't see any of that explosive playmaking just knack uh, that Cortland showed early in his career the same kind of knack that you started to see Jerry Judy display down the stretch. Meanwhile, Greg Dulcich, you get him in a competent offense with a competent quarterback play and a competent play caller. Dude, sky is the limit for this kid, health willing. See, that's what I'm saying. Instead of Andy adding Cooks another weapon on paper, you have another weapon already in Dulcich, and that's the safety blanket for us. He was looking like, with respect to Judy, the Broncos' most um, dependable receiver for certain parts last year. So he's definitely on the up and up. The thing, though, when it comes to court, you talked about Judy. In 2021, didn't Judy finish with zero touchdowns? Mm -hmm. And then he broke out a little more last year. So you get a little increase in, you mentioned the word competency once again. We think Sean Payton will be better. Russell Wilson should be better. That all jives. The butterfly effect should lead to maybe Cortland going back to pre-injury Cortland Sutton. And ain't nobody want to trade pre-injury Cortland Sutton. A big problem with, with Sutton, and this is a good point Mr. Producer throws down, 35% of his yards came in the first three games. 35% of his yards came in the first three games. So that's really why it feels like Sutton wasn't involved, even though he was. I mean, from a from a targets perspective, unless my memory Rolodex uh, betrays me, led the team in targets, but uh, the production just wasn't there. He and he and Wilson just couldn't get on the same page. And frankly, Zach, he just hasn't been the same player since that ACL. And we hoped that 2021 was going to be kind of like the outlier season in terms of nah, you know, he's just getting back in the saddle. He was dealing with Teddy and Drew Locke. 2022 is when things are going to come together for him again. Because remember, one of the like most marvelous, and I mean that literally, like you marvel at Cortland Sutton's 2019 season. One of the reasons for that was he produced over 1,200 yards and, and half a dozen touchdowns, making it to a Pro Bowl, catching passes from three quarterbacks, the likes of Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, and a rookie Drew Locke. So, I don't know. Hopefully that caliber of play can come back uh, sometime soon. But I have a feeling that even though modern Zach sports medicine has improved in the last decade by leaps and bounds, I mean, quantum leaps, maybe Sutton's one of those guys that is the exception to the rule in terms of not the exception, but that the proves the rule from the old days, which is guys aren't the same after an ACL. Maybe, but you know, I think medicine and science have improved to a point where players can come back and be their old selves again. And here's the thing. You can, I've questioned Cortland Sutton's want to and his uh, his devotion to the game and the Broncos, but you put Cortland Sutton on the Chiefs or the Packers or another wide receiver needy team, and he will look like the pre-injury Cortland Sutton. Winning cures all. I think physically he's there. I think mentally he still might be behind, but the Broncos' offense is more functional. If he's getting the ball, they're scoring points, they're winning games. I think we'll see the entire receiving room uh, up their game collectively. 
Uh, we've got Phil wanting to know about a couple of edge rushers here, KJ Henry or Isaiah Foskey. Um, both guys are interesting, Zach. It's a it's considered to be a little bit more of a deeper edge class where it's not so top heavy as it often can be in the NFL draft, where all the elite guys are to be found in round one, and then it's slim pickings. There will be some options, and this is something the Broncos absolutely have to address one way or another, whether it's free agency or the draft, is getting better production out of that edge room. Because Randy Gregory, when he's available you know, and healthy, because sometimes he's available but not as healthy as you want him to be, if he's healthy and fully present for you, he, he checks one of those boxes, but you need a compliment in today's league. And uh, Baron Browning, I'm still not 100% convinced his his ultimate uh, place in the NFL is as an edge rusher. And Nick Benito, man, he has flashed. He's got some potential there. If you can figure out how to make him a, a balanced, you know, complimentary player. But your thoughts on these guys and just edge in, in general? Yeah, I mean, it's another cop out for me where I feel like you got to prioritize O line. And also, these questions are tough to answer before free agency because that their plans can change depending on who they sign. But they cannot, in my view, use their top picks on an edge player without solidifying the O line. The O line first. You mentioned Gregory, $70 million. Nick Benito's second-round investment. Baron Browning, third-round investment, who looked pretty good at edge last year. Jonathan Cooper is a really solid number four guy to have. You're okay there. It's not dire. You look at right tackle, who is starting there? You don't have a starter. Everyone's a free agent. Who is left guard? You don't have a starter. Everyone's a free agent. Center, one guy in Graham Glasgow you could cut. The other Lloyd Cushenberry is a cut candidate. You, you need 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 to address Olan before you even think about another position henry though not very productive in school in terms of sacks i mean not very fast seems like a mid-round guy foskey what do you think scott round you don't even like him four five so um but you know in in fairness to what phil's asking here these are the type of guys that the broncos are gonna have to you know, kind of options that'll be available to them. Let me put it that way by the time they go on the clock. But think about it, guys, we're going to be sitting on our hands round one, round two. By the time the Broncos circle in to finally start making some picks in round three, do you want a guy that's like a middling edge rusher or do you want to get a, a offensive lineman early? I mean, you don't want, again, Zach makes a good point. I think first off, we're, we're not trying to shut down conversation on the draft, but a lot of this stuff is going to become more crystal clear when just even after the first week of free, the first two or three days of free agency, we'll see what holes the Broncos fill because that's kind of the generic uh, NFL operating procedure, which is fill your main needs in free agency, open yourself up to be a little bit more fluid and, uh, uh, draft best player available uh, when when the draft rolls around. So Drake Wally jumping in. What's up, brother? Covers the Colts in our sister site, Horseshoe Huddle. Great writer. He says, I love Greg Dulcich. He's a serious problem in the slot. Reminds me of Evan Ingram. Just needs to improve blocking. Anyway, any draft wide receivers to Denver? Uh, any draft wide outs to Denver, guys? Um, in a normal season, you know, where the Broncos are not strapped for draft capital you could count on it and we could go through a laundry list um, but the broncos that's one of their deeper positions on the roster wide receiver especially if kj hamler sticks around this year which there's not really any reason to believe that he won't other than just hasn't been available you never know type thing broncos have moved on from high round guys like that that fail to launch uh whether it's due to injuries or just general failure to launch. I mean, Carlos Henderson, Zach, was a third-round pick, and uh, he didn't survive long in the Mile High City. But um, we sh I share you, your thoughts on Dulcich. He is similar to Evan Ingram, although I would argue he's already a better blocker than Ingram. And at least right now for Dulcich, Zach, he's a willing blocker, which goes yeah. a long way because you can hone those skills as long as it's something you can attack. I think he's a better blocker, but at this stage, he's less of a pass catcher, and he'll get there with opportunity. If he stays healthy, I think he's a long-term tight end option for the Broncos. 
In terms of receiver, it's kind of like my cop-out from the last question about edge. We don't really know until free agency happens and uh, where the Broncos are going and who they add or subtract from that room. As it stands now, though, you have your possession guys in court and Tim Patrick. You have your do-it-all in Jerry Judy who can play inside or outside. And you have your speed demons in KJ, Montrell, and Jalen Verger. I think you're okay at wide receiver. If you want to add a guy in the later rounds or a UDFA, that's fine. But I am not taking one in the third round, for example. No. Well, I mean... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not with those first two picks. Uh, 727 Mill in the house. Very, very generous super chat, brother. It's great to see you. Uh, he says, I don't want to trade Cortland, but all these people uh, fiending for Michael Thomas and Miles Sanders and all these other mid players must be stopped. We need O-line, D-line, and linebackers. Yeah, fill you on that, generally speaking, Mill. Um, the court thing, if the price was right, you'd have my attention. So I think the Broncos answer the phone when people call on court, but like they also know that he's probably going to end up being worth more to them on the still relatively team-friendly deal that he's on right. in a Peyton offense quarterback by Russell Wilson than what he might fetch currently, which is maybe like a conditional fifth or something. I mean, you could maybe get more for him. I don't know. But he's just fizzled the last two years as a result of that ACL. But, yes, he's speaking your language here, Zach. O-line, D-line. Yeah, I'm thinking conditional third for Sutton. Fifth is a slap in the face. I mean, the guy was a Pro Bowl receiver. But um, I do agree, Mill, about Michael Thomas. He's washed. I I think, you know, Scott said he has 77 receiving yards in the last three years. I'm not a guy I want to take a chance on when I have possession guys already in court and TP. Miles Sanders, though, I don't think is mid. In the right situation, he could be a game breaker. Him, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, running backs who, when they're the RB1 and the centerpiece, they could be um, you know, explosive game breakers. The thing is, they don't need to spend money on that. That's where I agree with you. That'd be a luxury move for a team that can't afford many luxuries right now. Put the money, and even I'm talking to you, Draymond Jones, $20 million a year, put that money toward the O-line, the D-line, the edge unit like we talked about, where you need it. You don't need a running back right now. You don't need Michael Thomas right now. Yeah, well said. Um, Scott, I want to uh, grab this one from George Fox here. He says, if we work on the offensive line, do you see us drafting – a quarterback. If we work on the O-line, do you see us drafting a quarterback? Dead Bronx for life, MHH for life. Yo, um, I would not be stunned in any way, shape, or form, George, to see the Broncos use one of their later round picks on a quarterback. I would be a little bit surprised considering what we know right now is their needs. Again, we don't know what's going to happen in free agency, what holes get plugged. But from what we know now and understand now, are you seeing me kind of like freeze up in the frame, Zach? As I'm You talking? were, but you're good now. It's weird. Um, having some StreamYard problems lately. But anyway, the point being that um, what we know now currently of the, of the Broncos' needs, it would be a little bit of a surprise to see them use one of their third-round picks, one of their first two picks in the draft on a quarterback. Um, but if they fill some of those holes early on in free agency, all bets are off. They do need a backup, and they do need kind of a more long-term developmental option to groom behind Russ a guy that Sean Payton can groom, you know, it fits his uh, specific peccadillos. Yeah. I think they'll uh, pick up a experience backup, like a Jameis Winston, for example, for a couple million bucks. And then um, Sean Payton will have his uh, choice of a late round quarterback. There was the rumor that I believe we're going to cover for the website. I can't uh, remember who's writing it exactly, but that Sean Payton, this is what I think Matthew Berry heard from the combine that Sean Payton does not love Russell Wilson. And after this year, it's basically a one year audition. And if Russ bombs, then Sean Payton will move on. I think he'll have that autonomy, but when they pick a quarterback, not if will tell us a lot about how Sean feels about Russ. Ultimately, I would love for a young quarterback to be in the Broncos pipeline. I'd love for Payton to have his own um, autonomy to choose a quarterback, but um, it's not going to be like in the third round, like Chad said, if anything, like sixth, seventh, or UDFA. 
by the way, I don't know how much I buy that for what it's worth, but even if we take it at face value, I don't think Russ is going to, I, again, I, I feel really good about Russ's outlook, uh, in 2023 with, with Sean Payton. I'm having a feeling in other words, that that's not going to really be an issue. Like, I don't think Sean Payton's going to be eating his heart out going, man, can't wait to get till we get to the 2024 offseason so we can dump this clown and go find my guy. I think Russ is going to be getting back to a closer version of vintage Russ. Maybe, you know, not the whole way because he is entering his age 35 season, but still. Uh, John, yo, he wants to know, how do I get a Buckham shirt, bro? You go to MHHmerch.com. In fact, in the description of this video on Facebook is the link directly to the Buckham t-shirt that you guys have absolutely crushed. Our providers like, you know, it's like hot cakes for them. So easy to find, brother. MHHmerch.com or just click the link in the description of the video, big dog. Um, okay, Zach, we're at 35 minutes. We're doing pretty good time-wise, uh, but not a whole lot of actual real news for us to sink our teeth into uh, to, today. Chad Beach, good to see you, bro, on Facebook, jumping in, saying love this pod. We love you right back, big dog. Um, and also, thank you, support and bridge the gap, Chad. Good man. Um, let's see what else we got here. Just want to say hi to some folks, uh, including Keith, Keith Brugman in the house. I want to get one here uh, from Keith in a second. Drake, though, here's another. Thanks, bro. Thank you, Drake. He says, Would it be crazy to predict a healthy Tim Patrick to go out and kill it? A Peyton offense, Wilson back on track. I say 6,500, uh, 65 receptions and 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. That might be a little rich on the touchdown side of things, Zach. But even if we, just for the sake of this conversation, assume you got a healthy um, Sutton, you got a healthy Jerry Judy, and you get a healthy Tim Patrick back, I don't think 6,500 or 65 receptions and 900 yards is beyond the pale. Ten touchdowns, I may, I'd be stoked to see that from Tim Patrick, but I would be a little bit surprised. But, yeah, I think he's going to be chomping at the bit to get back and prove uh, what he can do. You know, and especially what the Broncos lost from him, from his leadership and just keeping guys together. You know, those glue guys, that's what Timmy P is as well. Definitely a glue guy. And you mentioned the receiving core. I'm KJ Hamler's hopefully coming back healthy as well. So you have a full complement of weapons and adding into that Greg Dulcich as well. A lot of mouths to feed if you're Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. So I understand the point you're trying to make here, Drake, and I definitely agree with it. You know, I, I miss tweeting. The most underrated player in the league is Tim Patrick when he was going out there and week in and week out pulling down catches and making tough plays for the Broncos that not not a lot of other players could. Um, but it's uh, like Chad said, 65 receptions like your uh, the touchdowns. Scott points out he has 12 in five years. So to predict 10 touchdowns in one year coming off a knee injury with so many other receivers vying for targets as well um, could be difficult. But as long as he's on the field, He's a guy who will have more real-life value than uh, box score value. He'll make the play on third down. He'll make the play in the red zone. He'll make the play when you need it. But him being the number one receiver statistically, it could be a tough uh, a tough task. Very true. Um, Keith wants to know, what position do you prioritize in free agency? And if you get that filled, what position do you then, then prioritize in the draft? So for us, uh, I'll speak for myself. Uh, for me, it comes down to getting Sean Payton's uh, offensive line figured out. I think it's relatively safe bet to assume Garrett Bowles will be back at left tackle, and he, they do expect him to be healthy. And then you've got Quinn Miners, Zach. But uh, I don't trust that Graham Glasgow is going to survive his uh, current situation being in a cap casualty land kind of purgatory right now. And Dalton Reisner – there is literally nothing to suggest the Broncos have any interest in re-signing him. I mean, it depends. If he goes out and tests the market and they finds it, comes back to the Broncos, it's a very cool market. Maybe they throw him some few a few bucks because he is an experienced starter. All right, there's your left guard. But you've got three positions, what I'm getting at here, Zach, on the offensive line. So you got to figure that out first and foremost. And if you check those boxes, let's say you do it in stunning fashion. And it's like those old Elway free agent classes of yore where – you know, it's like just home run after home run after home run. Then for me, if you've got the O-line solved in the free agency, you're starting five anyway, then I'm all about adding some edge depth, honestly, early on in, you know, with your third round picks in the draft. But I'm just not 100% convinced you're going to be able to find 
those three things, you know, those three starters up front so easily, uh, even though the Broncos are going to have some some cap dollars to work with. Yeah, and the thing about Reisner, I can speak for myself. I don't want him back even on a two, three million dollar deal. I, I don't see what he brings to the table, and I don't see how he could benefit the Broncos as a starter. I hope they do decide to decide to move on. Um, for myself, the way I look at it, if you sign a couple starters, if you prioritize the O line in free agency, I'm still prioritizing it in the draft. It's that important. You don't just need three new starters, Chad. You need at least two or three high end backups as well. You're looking to draft or sign, import by any means necessary, a lot of new offensive linemen. But if you do that on the open market, I agree with you. Fill out the edge core, fill out the defensive line, and then work your way back from there. Uh, Eric Holt jumping in. He says with the super chat, thank you, Eric. He says, longtime listener, and I love the show. Much love. He says, could you see the Broncos signing Orlando Brown and then moving Garrett Bowles to right tackle? I think it would be the other way around. If they did sign Orlando Brown, and I could see it, uh, if they did do that, I think they would keep Bowles at left tackle, which you got to remember, let's see, what was Bowles? 2017 class, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So, like, He's only been playing football for eight or nine years of his life. And every single year of that at division one or pro level is a left tackle. Whereas Brown already has shown a propensity for playing both. So if you go out and you spend money and get a, a great tackle like Brown, you probably just plug him in at right tackle um, because you know, bulls can hold his own at left. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We don't know how Garrett would be at right tackle, but what we do know is how Orlando Brown functions at right tackle. And it actually be less of a responsibility, I feel like, not being the blindside protector. Uh, in Brown's case, can focus on different assignments and use his power uh, to help out the pass blocking for us. So I don't know if the Broncos go to 20 a year for Orlando Brown, but I certainly would not be crying if they made that signing. What are the, the current draft stock, Scott, of, of Blake Freeland, Matthew Bergeron? Uh, third, they're going to be there. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be in the conversation there, likely, uh, when the Broncos go on the clock. So even if they solve it, Zach, in the free agency, let's say they go out and they, they sign all three of those current need positions on the O-line, I wouldn't be opposed to them still using one of those early picks on like a swing developmental guy because Cam Fleming free agent, Calvin Anderson free agent, like there are a lot of needs that have to be checked off this year. And that's just like, Oh, line you flip it to uh, the other side. I mean, backup quarterback, got to figure that out on the offensive side, running back stable, got to figure that out. Still defense. You need to know who's going to be starting next to Josie Jewell next year on at inside linebacker defensive line. You've got Deshaun Williams, free agent draymond jones free agent right so there's two spots i mean one of them could be filled by mike purcell but then you get to edge you got needs there you've got needs at at cornerback you've got needs at safety so i don't envy these guys zach they've got some uh they got a lot of, of priorities and it's just going to be curious and interesting to see how they order those priorities uh in free agency and then we'll know a lot more about the draft yeah, and tight end as well. I mean, beyond Dulcich and Albert O, what do they really have? And this is why when you talk about trading for Derrick Henry, I kind of roll my eyes. They have holes throughout the roster. But again, Phil, this is not a question that's easy to answer right now. I would expect the Broncos to be aggressive on the OL in free agency. But even then, you got to double down in the draft. It might not be the sexiest classes this year on the open market or through the draft, but this is the year where the Broncos have kicked the can enough down the road they got to bite the bullet and devote most of those resources to the offensive line it just has to happen it's time indeed um okay guys we're going to keep tonight a little bit short and sweet i think we've covered all the main buckets that we wanted to grab tonight some of the interesting stuff uh but let not your hearts be troubled because we will be back uh on thursday night and bk real quick Jameis winston going to be cut him as a backup that's something i wrote about today by the way with Derek carr uh, looking landing in, in New Orleans, that's probably going to shake loose Jameis Winston, which, if so, makes a lot of sense to bring him in as a backup. Had a lot of success uh, with Sean Payton. So real quick, Zach, before you do the, the out-of-here run rundown, let's, let's be serious for a minute about the prospect of Jameis Winston being available. Do you see Sean Payton actually wanting to bring him here? 
I do. And if we're following the recent trends, I mean, how many former Saints have Sean Payton already imported to Denver? It seems like familiarity means a lot to him. It would make sense on the surface. I know he's become a meme, but he's experienced. He's a veteran. He has starting uh, a background. He's also cheaper than a Jacoby Brissett or a Taylor Heineke or a Baker Mayfield. I would maybe see if Brissett or Heineke would go for you know six or seven for one or two years each. But if you can get Jameis for one year, two, three million bucks, it's probably the wisest choice to make if you're Sean Payton. So... Tomorrow, uh, if if I remember the calendar right, tomorrow's the deadline for NFL teams to uh, make their franchise tag yeah. designations. And then basically a week from then, you've got the new league year opening up free agency. So we're in the home stretch. We've got one more week, but a lot of dominoes are going to start falling just tonight, today. I mean, a few franchise tags tomorrow, a few others. That'll kind of start shaping things. Uh, and then you're going to start hearing things. Cut, cuts are going to be coming the next few days. So definitely... Keep it with MHH because we're going to have our ear to the floor on all these different rumors and transactions and cuts and as they come in real time. But before we dip out of here, we got a few messages for you. And for what it's worth, I don't think the Broncos are going to tag Draymond Jones by the deadline. So to the open market, he goes. That was the MHH podcast, though. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. If you're not doing so already at the MHH pod, you can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad N. Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want, we already got a question about it, some Buckham merch, a lot of hats, shirts, coffee mugs, anything you can fathom is on that website, mhhmerch.com. Be sure you're checking that out and perusing the inventory. And if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you haven't, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts, leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that Buckham merch each and every single month. But if anything, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. Shout out to these great Facebook supporters tonight. Marcus Lewis, Hannah, Howie Frickin' Day, Phil McLaughlin in the Frickin' House. Love you guys. On YouTube, our Super Chat superstars, Ed Keating, Sam Bam, Justin Larch throwing down multiples, uh, D-Generation X, John, the Lady D. Let's keep our, our thoughts and prayers for Lady D's family. Uh, Drake, thank you, bud, 727 Mill. Eric Holt, much love and respect. Don't forget you got Broncos for breakfast on the bright. Plus, building the Broncos tomorrow night. It's going to be a gas. Can't wait to talk to you guys again uh, on Thursday night. Uh, Keith, there will be options for signed copies of the Bridge the Gap LPs that come out uh, on the 24th. So there will be information on that to come, my friend. But love you guys. Thank you. We'll see you all Thursday night. Have a great start to your week. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.